We're cooking with Crisco, as we say in the South. All right. It's been a challenging time for me this week between everything going on. What happened? Thank you, my dear. The devil trying to mute me out already? Man. See there, there's a pastor looking out after my soul. So, anyway, I had a real challenge just uh, preparing for this. And, uh, you know, and then Tim always wants a home run. I said, he, he said it again. I said, Tim, can't I just hit a double or a triple or something? No. I, I'm not like Babe Ruth. I got to hit a home run or I'm disappointed. But um, I'm going to start a new group called the Angsters. <laughs> well, I can sit in amongst them. Yeah, and I can say, I'm David Reese and I'm an Angster. And everybody says, Welcome, hey. <laughs> Dave. There you go. But you know, that's not really a bad thing. I never want to get to a place to where I take for granted sharing the word with you guys, with the church. And, it, you know, a word in season, if it's not a word in season, then what's the use of sharing it? And a word in season means anointed by the Holy Ghost. Yes. But I really angsted over this one. Kathy put up with me. I think, did you put up with me? She did pretty good. She's smiling, so I don't know. Okay. So I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. How many pounds? I don't want to talk about it. Okay, we won't go there. We won't talk about that. But uh, my takeover plan is working perfectly with another young one coming on. It won't be much longer, you know. We'll just keep going. And maybe by the time I'm 115, 120, <coughs> we'll be able to pull it off. John, good to see you guys here today. It's always a pleasure to have us. I assume you've been in for Thanksgiving. Uh, did you out eat him or did he out eat you or is that just two times? <laughs> I looked at your height. What are you, six five? Six six? I asked John, I said, John, what happened? He said, I got beat down on the head too much. <laughs> now he didn't say he did that now, he just said he got beat down on the head too much. So anyway. <clears throat> December 18th, 1865. Anybody familiar with that date? Well, that was the day that the 13th Amendment came about and slavery was abolished. Yeah. But here's what happened. Slave owners were very upset about that. It threatened all the income they were making off of this slavery labor. And so they made this statement. Many of them did. Let's not tell them. If they don't know, they'll stay our slaves. And so they hid the truth from them by not telling them. Obviously for a season, because the truth always prevails and gets out, right? So legally, they were set free. Positionally, they were set free, but they didn't know it. And, uh, you know, I was reading through uh, some of the Victory Over the Darkness today by Neil Anderson, or yesterday, actually, and he had made that comment about that, and just how many people today, the truth is hidden from them, yeah. and they're not free. Yeah. When positionally in Christ, we are free. Yes. 
But how does the truth get hidden from born-again believers who have the new covenant, who have the Word, the Word's been changed into a living human beings in each one of us through the power of the Holy Spirit? How does that Word get hidden? I'll tell you how it does. Through offenses. Through hurts. That offense may be unforgiveness. It may be a bad, a bad situation that came down in a relationship. Once you buy into that, once you embrace that, you give the enemy an opportunity to take that truth and hide it away from you because all you see is everything through your offense. That's just like the preacher. If he gets up, someone asks me, oh, I was at Bobby and, and uh, Vicky the other day, and we were talking. Bobby said, people need to hear the truth. They need to be rebuked and so forth. Who's going to do it? And I said, Tim. Did I not say that? I said, yeah, Tim's going to do it. I thank God for the Tims of this world, the prophetic yes. of this world, okay? So much Amen, it really is. Hey, I left the bus at home, she drove. But the truth can be hidden from us and distorted just like if Tim got up and he shared something or one of the other, one of the other elders or someone gets up and shares and someone in the audience who's going through a tough time with what the preacher said and they get offended, they will never hear that word the same way again. In fact, they'll get up and I've heard people, not here today, but in the past say, he's, 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 he's taking my mail and reading it to the whole audience. He's, he's talking about me because they were offended. And you know, that happened to my dad. I, when I was five years old, I stood on Canal Street in New Orleans with my dad handing out gospel tracts. And I really enjoyed it. And then he went into a fundraising thing for to, uh, selling Bibles for a good cause. And I took a stack of those and I went out selling those Bibles. And, I went, and who could turn them down a little six, seven-year-old kid? And I was so excited about it. In fact, I stayed out way past dark. My dad got worried. But I was excited and I was enthusiastic. I wanted to get them peddling Bibles out there and show my dad, look, what I've got for the cause here. But then one day, he went to a meeting. Oh, it was a wonderful meeting. I mean, to tell you, the Spirit of God was heavy in that place. My mom and dad got blessed so much. Oh, he could not wait to get back to his church and tell his pastor, Pastor Whitaker, and he did. He was all excited and said, we went to this meeting and look what the Lord did and everything else. And you know what happened? He lambasted them for going to another church somewhere else to hear the word rather than through him. It hurt my dad so bad it became distorted in him because he looked to leadership for his identity rather than look to Christ. If you look to Christ for your identity and it's in Jesus, no matter what somebody says to you, you can turn around and you can stand your ground on the faith that the Holy Spirit's put in your heart and not get offended and not walk in that offense. But that didn't happen with him. For the prime years of his life, he walked away from the church. So here I am in the Air Force and I'm in Germany and I get a... I get an emergency call that my dad has had a heart attack. Mid-50s. I was so concerned about him, and I knew he wasn't walking with the Lord. 
And I knew what my dad used to be. So I contacted uh, the Red Cross for some help and they flew me home from Germany back to the States so I could go be with my dad. And I walked up to that hospital room. We never had that conver this conversation before, but I said, Dad, I said, what happened? And I told him, I said, we used to stand on the streets. You had, if it was raining, he would stick gospel tracts in the newspaper and go, wow, he says, it's raining, but people need to hear the gospel today. People are dying without Jesus. Yeah. I said, what happened? I was really surprised at what he told me. But he told me about uh, Pastor Whitaker. And he told me, that's how I know. I had no idea until that point. But then he pointed his finger at me from the hospital bed. In fact, he really didn't have a heart attack. He had severe angina pains. Um, he had some blockages, and later on he went through bypass surgery. But he pointed his finger, and he said, let that be my lesson to you. Watch out for the Whitakers in your life. Never forgot that. Never forgot it. But I would, when uh, Kathy and I were married just a few years, I wasn't very secure in him. I still looked for my identity through leadership. And sure enough, I was maneuvered into the thing called the shepherding movement. How many of you heard about that? Probably if you're young, you may not have. Few of us have. Very legalistic. They spent more time in the old covenant than they ever did in the new covenant. And we went through tremendous, tremendous legal 11 years. In that, before I finally got enough unction and had enough, I said, I'm walking away from this. This is not of God. But I should have saw that much earlier. But when you find your identity in your work, or you find your identity through your education, or your status, anywhere you find your identity but through Him, you're in for a surprise. Because the enemy will detour you from your faith. Or He'll attempt to. I don't know about you, but I hate detours. Yes. Man, I want to get someone that says detour. I say, oh, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course. You know, some of you sitting here today, the enemy is attempting to detour you off your faith into something else. But thank the Lord, he'll bring you back around. Amen. Amen. I believe that. Spend as little time on that as you need to. Or you can. In fact, just turn around and refuse to do it and go somewhere else. Yes. <laughs> But it threw a real curve in his life, and it did in mine, because I looked to leadership for my identity. Then I finally re started realizing my identity is in Christ. Yes. You know, I am absolutely, and I don't say that word very often because it gets said all the time, and it loses its effectiveness of when you do say it. Absolutely. Everybody says that about everything. Absolutely. This bugs me, Sheila. I'm going from the wordsmith here. But I am saying absolutely because I mean it in this. Whatever I was going to say. I'm amazed how many, I absolutely mean it, I'm amazed how much believers still mingle the old covenant with the new covenant. And I'm so thankful for the teaching we've had in this place concerning yes. that. Amen. I know I'm not telling you guys anything new because you heard it. Right. Do you need to be reminded? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 
we need you absolutely mean it we need to be reminded of time again now so i'm just surprised how many and i'm going to explain this in just a minute but how much of a merger happens between the new covenant and the old covenant in a person's life even taught from the pulpits big time and you know businesses merge it all the time i read, read about major merges and what happens in that case, you typically there's long negotiations that take place. It's a long, drawn-out process. But in the end, those two companies merging together makes them stronger. Yeah. But if you blend the new covenant and the old covenant together, it will not make you stronger. Right. It will make you weak. It will expose you. And that's what I want to talk about today. And there's a major problem in the body of Christ that's been around too long, yes. in my opinion. Much effort's being made by the devil to merge and blend believers' minds to embrace the old covenant living with new covenant living. Yeah. Not rightly dividing the word of truth. Yeah. Most of the time we're talking or interpreting in context about the New Testament, but Paul encourages Timothy to rightly divide the word, but we need to do that with the old covenant. Listen, I love mm -hmm. the old covenant. Yeah. have no problem with it. But I'm a new covenant believer. Yeah. And I interpret everything through the old covenant through the lens of the glasses of the new covenant. Yeah. How many of you seen that movie, National Treasure? Yeah. You know, yeah. you remember the part where he has to continually go through those different lenses until he can finally see the entire message? Yeah. In that? I hadn't seen it in a while, so I may be a little bit off on that. But I remember, you know, I think about that and I think that's what we need to do. We need to look at it through the lens of the new covenant. Did you know that all the names of God that are in the Old Covenant, if I think in the New Covenant, are in Jesus Christ? Amen. All of them. Do your research. Yeah. I've done mine on it. Every attribute of God, every covenant name of God that's there is through Jesus and in yes. Jesus. Yes. That's properly interpreting the Old Covenant. I love the stories. I love, I love how David refused to take modern warfare uh, armor and a sword and go against the enemy right. but took what he was familiar with and what worked for him yes. and in the faith that he had says yes. this person this giant is is warring against the living God and he'll have nothing to yes. do with it yes. and how he took him out with just a stone and yes. a sling yes. I love how Nehemiah's vision about the wall of Jerusalem to the right. point he wept over yes. it yes. had a vision to rebuild that wall how, how God delivered through Moses, someone who felt he was disqualified. Anybody can identify with that? Yeah. Felt he was disqualified and he could not hold up and do what God had called him to do. Even though he's witnessing a burning bush, that should have been enough to yes. shake his tree right there. You know? But God didn't give up on him and he doesn't give up on you either. I love all those stories. I love the biblical. God is the same God in the New and the Old Covenant. Yes. I love the principles of truth. I love the principles of righteousness that I see and I witness. Yeah. <clears throat> I had to drink a little water here. Through, uh, through all of it. I love it. Yes. Good but stuff. I have to keep it in proper context, and you, you do as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. So I'm leading up to something here. There's major error going on in the body of Christ. And I, I'm, I'm just amazed at how long it's been going on. Yeah. And it continues uh, to continue. And it continues to thrive. Yeah. 
I really thought I'll be sharing this with you today. Tim gave me a confirmation in Tuesday's little, what do you call that, epistle? Epistles you send out? I don't read nothing like that. If Tim wrote a devotional, it would be this big, this big. You have a hard time carrying it around. Kind of reminds me of Charles Spurgeon. I mean, there's a lot out there. It was confirmed today during a prophetic word about letting go of the old self. But I tried to go somewhere else with the Lord. No, Lord, I don't want to go there. And it really, it was born out of a counseling session not too long ago that I had. In fact, I've had several of them. I had one to show you how the enemy can throw a curve to someone who refuses to believe the truth. I actually had a um, middle-aged couple that I was talking with, and she was very sick. She had a lot of chronic things going on with her. And she blamed it on her husband. Now, here's the kicker. She said, I'm sick, and I'm suffering because he disobeyed God. Well, I don't know about you, but I had all kinds of flags going off. <laughs> Bells and whistles. I said, really? Yep. He's disobeyed God. And I told him, if you disobey God, he's going to take it out on me. <laughs> I looked at him, and he just sat there. I, I don't think I've ever seen a man so expressionless. Just sit there. And, and I looked at him, I said, what do you think about this? It's like I was talking to a dead man. He wouldn't comment or anything. Probably afraid to. Yeah. But I said, you know that's not the word. Right. Well, yes it is. I said, no, it's not. I said, there's no way that could be the word. And I tried to help her and show her, and I could not get past her own stronghold in her life that he made her sick. Wow. I said, well, how do you, you know, how do you live with that? And I mean, she says, oh, if Jesus died for me and he bore my sins, certainly I can uh, handle this with my husband. You know, but wow, is this going to get any weirder or what? <laughs> so I had to walk away from them because of refusal to listen. Yeah. That's the tricks and how the enemy never could peel back the layers to get to why she really and what she was really hiding. Yeah. And something was being hidden yeah. through that and blame shifting yeah. over to something else. Well, this teaching I'm telling you about. I want to share with you. It's called Deliverance from Generational Curses. Has anybody in here heard about that? Here's a quote. And this is someone who's very well esteemed in the body of Christ that's putting this out there. She said, take the test. Do you or someone in your family exhibit high levels of anger? Suffer from mental illness? Have a history of abuse. Experience a high number of personal failures. This could be a generational curse. Now's the time to shatter that past and take control of your future. Oh my God. A, general, a, general, a generational curse involves negative patterns from your family history that are repeated over in your life. God's plan for you is better. Get my lesson, get my workbook, and you can be delivered from these generational curses. And it's not just this person. There's a number of books out there on the same thing. I have a big problem with that. Now, I don't have a problem with the names of God and some of the books are out there. I kind of enjoy those. 
I just know the end result is I have all that in Jesus. So, so I don't, I don't, I don't mind that. But this, this really offends me. Well, if you believe that, you embrace that. Where does once you embrace that, where does it stop? What else is going to happen? And it's a ploy by the enemy to draw us in. And you know what? It's an insult to Jesus. Yeah. It diminishes what he did in the yes. finished work of the cross. Yes. That's very offensive to me. Yeah. And it's hard for me when I hear that to hold back. Because I want to be like Tim. I just want to let him have it. <laughs> but I hold back. <laughs> Actually, I don't. Especially when I see someone in leadership. Yes. Going down that path. Amen, I spent some time in Nashville running an office there about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And I had an agent, a young lady, 21 years old, very attractive, who wants to go to Africa. And she needs this much money. She's asking me for an offering to contribute to her going to Africa. Well, I had to ask some questions. Well, that's, that's wonderful. Um, what, what church or what group are you doing? This? Nobody. Oh. Really? Who's going with you? Nobody. Let me get this straight. You're going to get on a plane. You're going to travel, spend a layover somewhere, and travel all the way to Africa without any support from somebody. I'm talking about spiritual support. I'm talking about being there with you by yourself, a female, 21 years of age. She said, yeah. I said, I'm not giving to that. Boy, she stayed after me. She was desperate for money. Even though her dad held a high position with uh, Nelson Bible Publishers. I guarantee you he didn't know about it. In fact, I think I asked her about that. She didn't say anything to him. I, I said, I can't do that. She's, and she walked in office one day. She says, hold on just a minute. I'm putting the pastor on the phone with you in Africa, and he's going to talk to you about this. I said, hey, put him on the phone. She called him. She had the speakerphone. <laughs> She said, whoever it was, I want you to talk to someone here. And she handed me that phone. <laughs> so he introduced himself, and I said, let me ask you a question. Are you ready to take responsibility for this young lady traveling all by herself to where you are without anybody here with her through no organization and nothing else? Are you ready to take the responsibility for that when something happens to her? Man, her eyes got big. She thought he was going to convince me. Her eyes got big. That's what I'm laughing about. I couldn't believe how big them eyes got. The reach for that phone. I'm holding that phone back, talking to him. He tried to explain some things, but I was so concerned about her, I was not going to compromise my conviction and give him a review for what needed to be done. Typically, I wouldn't do that for someone else, but she had to hear the truth of this, and I was very yes. concerned. Yes. So when she finally got that phone away from me, right. I said, "I'm sorry, but I won't be given to this." I don't think the Lord's in this. Then it came out later on. The real reason she wanted to go. Because the pastor's son and her had developed a relationship over the internet. I said, uh-huh. Now, as to what she's going to be doing, I'm going to be working with the children. You know, thank the Lord that he answered prayer and she got back safely. Thank the Lord. But that's what the enemy will do. He will try to detour our faith. 
He'll try to he'll try to pull us in like these generational curses that have nothing to do with what the Lord said. And the Lord confirmed this to me not only this morning, but Tuesday in Tim's um, epistles he sends out. Tim, I'm gonna leave you alone. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I need my phone there, huh? Why why do you have my phone? This is a violation of manliness. But I, I really, I really love what, what Tim said here, and it had to do with Second uh, 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 Corinthians five seventeen. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Yes. But he said he loved the language because of how it was supernatural, and no means religious. It does not say I came from a particular uh, well-respected group or decided to live differently on my own or just fit in or be a part. It says, I became something completely different from what I was before. It says, I can have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and living God within me now. We can have that now. We have it. Why in the world would we need to go through breaking some kind of a generational curse that supposedly is there when Jesus abolished all that on the cross? And it's not held against us because we're... Letting someone else and then even a leader in the body of Christ. And I learned my lesson the hard way listening to leadership because I was under well-respected, well-known men that were leading this shepherding movement. And I found my identity in them. And I, I went through all kinds of things in my life and probably subjected my family through it because of all the legalistic garbage they were putting out there. Oh, yeah. Tons of it. Until finally one day the Lord said, this is enough of this. You need to find out where you need to be and find your identity in me rather than in them. And that's why I'm so opposed when I hear leadership. And I don't care how much the Bible they don't know. I don't care how many signs and wonders and miracles they perform. If they deviate from the word, there goes David Reese. And then they ask me why, I'll tell them why. And you need to as well. You have to guard your heart against those things. And as sure as I'm saying this today, some of you may have been caught up in generational curses and all of a sudden you're going back into old covenant that you have to do something. In other words, Jesus left some gaps in everything that he did. There's there's some, some air coming through a hole in a wall or something, you know. This is something I need to do and it's just pulling you back instead of embracing the finished work of Christ. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things, can you say old things? Yes. Are passed away. Let go of the old things. Amen. Behold, all things have become new. Yes. And really, Tim even said it in, in, that, uh, in, in his encouragement on Tuesday about you're a new species, and that's true. If you really drill down and you look at the Greek in that, that's what it says. You are brand spanking new. Old things are passed away. And you know the thing about a new species is? When it's discovered, it doesn't have a history. If you're in Christ when you receive Jesus, that history is gone away with. It was abolished through the finished work of the cross, through the blood of Jesus. How in the world else could we get into fellowship with God again? How in the world else can we get away from the old Adam 
and get into the life-breathing blood of Jesus Christ and walk out that every day of our life and not walk in deception. You're a brand new creature in Him. Well, what's the real truth here? Because I know a lot of us here have problems. I had to work through something myself. You know? What's the source of that? Most of the time, it has to do with the flesh. In fact, I'll be bold and say all the time, every time. It has to do with the flesh and the works of the flesh. Now, I do believe there's strongholds. But you know what a stronghold is? It's when you give up ground to the enemy. Sometimes it takes time to get there. Sometimes you have to confess the word of God to break that thing. Other times it can be broken just like that. So I do, I believe there's strongholds, but it's because we've given up ground. And the flesh has gotten involved somehow. And all this generational curses thing is just another way to shift the blame. In other words, it's not your fault. It's your parents' fault or your grandparents. It was transferred. You didn't, you're innocent. This is not your fault. Oh my goodness. How many of you heard about being a victim? There's a lot of victims out there. You're just a victim. This is not your fault, Tim. It's, it's not your fault, Bobby. It's your grandpappy's fault. Okay. Let me check my calendar here. I got to get them in real quick. It's not your fault. Alcoholism, alcoholism is a disease. It's not your fault. It's a choice. It's because we've given up ground to the enemy that's allowed these things. And all we need to do is through repentance, take that ground back. Stand your ground in him and take it back. If you, if you embrace some of these false teachings out there like this one, and there's other ones as well. Oh, what about all this... Uh, Sickness and all, you know, you're not going to live very long because you don't have good genes. Yes, you know, brother. You don't have good genes. You know, as cancer runs in my family, you know, some women have gone as far as because of a certain gene that shows up. You know where I'm going, ladies. To have surgery. That's the kind of fear the enemy will put on you. Now, if he puts it on them, I understand that because they're blinded to the truth. Yeah. And they're under the control of the enemy. But for a believer, we cannot embrace that. Yeah. The Bible doesn't say anything about, well, you just don't come from good genes. No. You're not going to live that long. Yeah. yeah, who does? I mean, 120 years, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but we cannot... Embrace those things that will pull us down because God numbers our days. Yeah. And we don't have to believe that lie that because my mom or my aunt or several of them have had this disease, therefore I'm susceptible to it. I don't know about you, but I can't find that anywhere in the Word. It's not in there. God's not visiting that on you. You're a new species. You're a new creature in Christ. Yes. 
So that brings me to a question this morning. What is holding you back? And let me make a statement to that. You already know what it is. Yeah. You already know what's holding you back. Is it some offense? Or some unforgiveness? Or, or something? I've been offended big time. But you know what? I pray through it. The best way to get over an offense is pray for the person. Yes. Right. You know? they, they need it. Yes. Pray for that person. Amen. Yes. Young men, if you don't want to lust after young women, pray for that girl. Yes. Yes. Pray for her. Yes. Shift it away from the, from the lust of the flesh and what the enemy is trying to put on you and just pray for her. Amen. Man, that'll cut it off real quick. Yes. If it don't, let me know. I'll put you on my calendar. What's holding you back? Yeah. It's just a stronghold yeah. where you're giving up ground. Yep. It's easy to take that ground back. Amen. You don't have to perform. No. You don't have to do anything. Why is it that we receive Christ so freely, but everything else we have to work our way through? <laughs> yeah. Why is that? I was so mad at someone one time. On an airplane trip back, and one of my agent's husbands, he was shaking his fingers. Why, David, why? I called his name was Norman. I called him Storm and Norman after that. Because it was my responsibility somehow to confirm uh, the trip back home and the trip there on a commission for the agents and their husbands or wives. You know, he went ballistic when he got bumped from his seat. I was so mad I even made the statement. I said, Lord, I don't care if this plane goes down as long as he's on it. <laughs> I, that's what I said. And I mean to tell you, the whole airport's looking at him. You know why? Because he's doing this. Why, David? Why? Why, David, didn't you do that? I, I'm just blown away. I'm thinking, this man has gone nuts. Everybody's looking at him. That's how upset he was. And I was so mad. And the thing is, he had to get back my, in, in my van with my wife driving Nashville back to Bowling Green. And I told you, and then they came on. I honestly did that. I wanted to do this. They came on and said, folks, we're kind of overbooked here. And uh, we're going to give a free ticket to anybody that wants to get off this plane and catch a later flight. And I said, I'm out of here now. Here, Kat. I tried to give her the keys. I said, I'm, I'm flying back somewhere. I was so angry over that thing. And it was like, rather than take that thing into Christ and what he's done for me and say, Lord, help me with this thing. I didn't do that. In fact, I said, wait here, Holy Spirit. I'll be right back. I'm going to handle this. Do I have some company here? Anybody else in there? Where's your Holy Spirit? I'm going to go deal with this person and I'll be right back. Storm and Norman. How many Storm and Normans do you have walking around your life pointing fingers at you? What's holding you back? Let's just stand a minute and we'll, uh, we'll do some business here this morning. How's that? We'll take this to the cross. I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If for some reason something's going on and you need a breakthrough, I want you to come up. Because you can get that breakthrough this morning. If you bought into the thing of um, 
old covenant thinking. And really, that, that scripture is even misinterpreted if we look at it. Visit the sins, you know, what they did, I'm being punished for. It's not even accurate the way it's been presented. It says those that hate God. Anybody here hate him? No. There's a few more of you that needs to come up. I just sense that in my spirit. Take your time. Don't make me come get you. I'll send my dog. I'll send my pit bull. He'll come get you. This may be the last damn an elder. I don't know. 